Okay, so um, this morning my title for my message is, is Finding Hope in Troubled Times. I, I, was, I was wrestling with another, actually before I start, I want to do a special welcome to our friend Grace. Uh, she came up from Shepparton uh, during the week for one another friend. So Grace and Sandra and Kindy and all the way in school together along with um, another friend Macy who was at our church for a while. Macy got married on Friday and so Grace came up for the, um, for the service. And uh, good to have you here, Grace. And so let's give Grace a special. I know you've got a bunch of visitors now. For those that are visiting, some of you are sort of know, some of you don't. But I know Grace's name. That's why I'm embarrassing her. <laughs> so, um, okay. Now, the other title I had for my message this morning I was wrestling with was, uh, any, any fans of Narnia here? Okay. The, the, the other title for this message could have been, Always Winter, But Never Christmas. And so uh, I think this is part of the season that we're, that we're, we're living in at the moment. That we, I mean, Pat's got, she must be cold because it's like winter here today. Um, <laughs> I'd rather winter than summer in a church building, let me tell you. Um, but the reality is, Christmas is how many days away, Phoebe? Six. Six days away. And uh, I remember as a child, and it was a long time ago now, I remember waking up, who can relate to this? You wake up early. And then you have to wait. <laughs> then you have to wait. And wait till the sun gets up. And then you got to... And then you probably sneak down to the tree and you've probably already checked out what's yours already. So you, you, you sort of then start to put piles or you put your ones toward the front of the pile. Anyone else do this? To the front of the pile. And you still do, Jenny. And if you guys have home, put in the chat, you can just say, that's me, I do that as well. Um, and so, um, and then for in, in our world, we'd have to then, we would then have to, we'd have to go to church. We wanted to go to church. So we couldn't open all our presents till after church growing up. So that meant more waiting. Who, who's glad they weren't in my family? And so, so, uh, so we had to wait to get up, wait for the sun to rise. We, we'd, we'd usually get a, a present before we go to church and our children have got that privilege of a, a, one present of their choice before they go to church. So we come and we do church together. Uh, then we had to wait for those long and, I was going to say boring sermons, but they, that was a long time ago. Uh, we had to wait for church to be finished. Then we had to wait for mum and dad to stop talking to everyone. Um, and that was me as a child, and now my children are exactly facing the same thing. Uh, and then we had to wait to get home, and then Christmas came. Um, you know, no one likes waiting. Anyone like waiting? Yeah, Noah was due on Christmas Day, um, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day-ish, almost, almost 18 years ago, but he wasn't ready, and so we had to wait. Um, you know what it's like, well, I had to wait as well, come on, I was with you in that. Sometimes the women get all the, the sympathy, but you know what, us guys get a pretty, guy, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'll move on. Okay. <laughs> Waiting in car parks to get a spot at Christmas time. Frustrating. Anyone get frustrated by that? We just don't do it anymore. No. Um, Waiting in the refund aisle after Christmas. <laughs> Waiting for a COVID test. Have you seen the queues? For the wedding, we had to get someone from the airport at 1.30. 11.30, and we were supposed to get them to the Hunter Valley by 3, and they needed a COVID test because 
their restrictions to go back, she, she was fine, but the restrictions to go back to Queensland. They had an hour in the queue at Belmont and then we just, it was too late. So we just we had to get out of the queue, so we had to pull them, then zoom out of the queue. We got the wedding a little bit late. Um, anyway, in the end, after all that, she didn't even need to get a test. So they, they just didn't even check it on the way out. So waiting, no one likes waiting. Waiting for the borders to open. Waiting for special occasions. Talking about special occasions this week, uh, Ian and Shelby celebrated their 25th wedding anniversary. Well done, guys. Last week. Oh, okay, well, excellent job, Ian. Well done. So, congratulations. Well, when you September, if you wanted to know. Just have a new diaries, September. Okay. Uh, then is Sue 63 years. What? 68 years wedding anniversary this weekend. So they will be celebrating that and having a lot of fun, I'm sure. Um, Waiting, waiting for borders to open. David and Joan to go and visit family in Queensland. Waiting for, um, waiting for babies to start talking. You know what that's like? You just come up and start talking, and then you're waiting for adults to stop talking. Anyone know what that's like? Don't put your hands. Not regarding church, okay? I know you think you're next to It's just you. Um, waiting, maybe. You know, they're, they're often exciting things, but often, sometimes it's waiting for medical results. You know, you've had a test or you've had a doctor and and you're waiting for the results of that, and it's difficult, you know? Waiting for exam results. When does HSC results come out, Sam? Uh, 24th of January. 24th of January, waiting. Well, they didn't finish the exams recently, so. Um, kids waiting for school holidays to start, that can be challenging, they're waiting, and then parents waiting for school holidays to finish. Um, we live in a time of waiting, and for most of us, waiting can be really hard, true? We can have all sorts of expectations in our time of waiting. Then there are times after our waiting, there's times where disappointments may come. Or, or things that we hoped for didn't happen the way we'd expected. And so, um, or it doesn't happen at all. And so I, I know it's hard to wait. And I know there's times when we go through seasons of silence. Times when we are just praying and waiting and hoping and there's, there's seasons of frustrations Seasons of disappointments, there's seasons of spring, but never Christmas. There's times when we, sorry, seasons of winter, there's times when we're going through bleak, hard, cold, difficult times. Waiting for, waiting for the, the first buds of spring. Waiting for some joy in the midst of a difficult time. Seasons of despair and, and seasons of hopelessness. And this morning, if that's you today, I've, got, I've really been praying and believe that God's got a word of encouragement for you. If you're at home watching online, if this is you as well, I believe if you're in a season of winter or a season of darkness or a season of despair or if you're going through troubled times, I believe that you can find hope in troubled times. And I'm praying that this word would really encourage you as we, as we walk through a few thoughts this morning. If that's you, if you are like that this morning, if there's anyone who knew and knows, or knew because they're not alive anymore, if they knew what you were going through, it would be the people of Israel. God's very own people, they knew what it was to experience seasons of darkness and despair. They knew what it was like to be living in a winter time but never experiencing the joy of Christmas. They knew what it was to be, to be feeling like 
it feels like God's abandoned me. But the truth is God never abandons his children. If, if, you, if you hear nothing else this morning, I want you to remember that God never, never abandons his children. And so if you were to follow the history of Israel, the nation of Israel, from the Garden of Eden, you'll see that even from the beginning when mankind turned their back on God, there was always a whisper of a deliverer. There was always a whisper of a saviour, a, a whisper of a messiah. Now this became so important to the Jewish nation as they found themselves defeated and exiled away from their temple and from their homes. And I, I did a series of messages a little while in November talking about what happened after exile for the nation of Israel. And, and in these times of exile, that God always had a promise of freedom, a promise of deliverance. In their time of winter, they had a promise of spring. And so as, as, and as God did promise, uh, God led the nation back uh, to Jerusalem, they would rebuild their farms, they would re-establish their families, they would rebuild their cities, but they returned a broken and a defeated and a conquered people. And God would continue to speak through the prophets, reminding them, hey, a Messiah is coming. Everything will change. There's a time when God's kingdom will come. And for the, for the Narnia fans here, you, 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 the, 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 the the city of Narnia, the country of Narnia, would hear that Aslan would come. And they'd be waiting for, they'd be waiting for the rustle or the sound of, of Aslan coming to return. And so, so the nation of Israel knew what it was like. They, they had this glimpse of hope that one day Messiah would come. One day God's kingdom would fully come to this earth and their enemies would be defeated. And that gave them great hope. Now, in your, in your Old Testament... The very last book of the Old Testament, here's a Bible quiz. Last book, any guess? Malachi. He's a, and so he, Malachi spoke about 200 years after the, the nation returned from exile in the series that I did. And the last verse in the book, so the last verse of the book of Malachi says this. Remember to obey the law of Moses, my servant. All the decrees and regulations that I gave him on Mount Sinai for all of Israel. Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. That's it. That is the end of the Old Testament. This is the last of God's recorded words to the Jewish nation. For them, perhaps, it was just another empty promise from a distance God, distant God, because that's how they felt. Because they, God had promised them the Messiah, and it just this promise, this time of waiting, had gone on for hundreds of years. A promise of just another one like Elijah, who had come before the Deliverer, who had come before the Messiah. And that was it. For 400 years, that's all they had to hang on to. For 400 years, there's no recorded prophecy. There's no recorded angels coming with any pronouncements. There was no, uh, there's no recorded uh, books being written or prophets speaking. There's no chapters in between Malachi and, and Matthew. There is just a marker page. Nothing in there that is recorded in Scripture is is tells us what happened in that time just silence just darkness and i think sometimes we walk through times like that 
But what we're going to see that what happened in this period, although it seems silent from Scripture, although it seemed that God wasn't speaking, it seemed like, like nothing was happening and they were covered in darkness. What we see is that in that 400 years of silence, the political, religious and social environment of Palestine changed significantly in that time. Now, if you watched from the outside, it would seem that God was doing nothing. But God was far from doing nothing. In fact, if you look at it, for, for a Jew living in that time, it would seem that things were going from bad to worse. And what we don't see in the, in, in the pages of Scripture was that God was at work in the background. God was at work in the unseen realm. God was at work in the tapestry of their history to fulfill a perfect plan. And I want to encourage you, you may be in a situation of darkness or despair and you're wondering where is God I want to encourage you God is at work maybe you can't see him maybe you can't hear him but let me tell you he is at work in the tapestry of your history to bring about his good plan for you and so so much as much of what happened in the book of Daniel much of what Daniel predicted occurred in those 400 years that the Persian king, we, we talked about in my last series, allowed the nation of Israel to return from, uh, from Babylon back to their uh, Jerusalem. And so uh, they, they rebuilt their city and that peace lasted about 200 years. The Persian Empire then collapsed. Uh, Alexander the Great was then uh, rising up. The Greek Empire was ruling. And so Alexander the Great was a student of Aristotle, the great philosopher. And with Alexander into the nation of Israel, came Greek philosophy, Greek ideas, and Greek language. In this time, in this 400 silent years when not, Scripture records nothing, in that time the Hebrew Old Testament was, uh, was translated into Greek, uh, which we know as the Septuagint. Uh, it, sometimes in your, in your footnotes in your Bible you see a little symbol and it says the Septuagint says that. What that's identifying is that in the 400 years uh, the Hebrew Old Testament was written into Greek because the language was now Greek. Uh, it was written by uh, 70 scholars, all imp imparted by the Holy Spirit, um, and, they, and they produced the Greek Old Testament. And so, uh, after Alex, uh, and so what, with Alexander, with the culture that he brought, it wasn't good for Israel, because uh, the Greek culture was, uh, was very worldly, and uh, very humanistic, and uh, very ungodly. Now, after Alexander died, Judea, uh, Judah, the area of Israel, was ruled by a series of successes. And, uh, and the last one tried to totally wipe out, to destroy the faith of the Jewish nation. And so um, uh, Daniel talks about what happens with that, with an abomination of des desolation. Uh, he sets a sacrifices um, for a Jew. He sacrifices uh, unclean animals on a Jewish altar. And uh, so in the nation of Israel, they got all this stuff happening. And for a Jew who's waiting for a Messiah, things seem to be getting from bad to worse. And so, so once, they, once these kings sacrificed this um, unclean animal on the altar, the Jewish nation rose up. It's not written in our scriptures. It's found in other history books, the time of the Maccabees. You find the nation of the, the Israel uh, rose up. And they were, their, their identity, they were fighting for their nation. They were fighting for their identity and they were fighting for their faith. That period of war went for about a hundred years. This is what happened in the time of silence. There's, there's stuff happening that scripture doesn't record, but God was at work in the tapestry of history. Around 63 BC, um, the, uh, the last, after the, the wars came through and the Jews took back their temple, um, about 63, the Romans conquered Palestine. 
and putting all of Judea, all of Israel, all the area under their rule, under the control of the Caesars. Uh, this eventually led to Herod being made king by the Roman Emperor and, uh, and, the, and the Senate. And so Herod would be the king when Jesus was born. And so as we look at this, there's a rush of events that are happening in, a, in what can be seen by us as a silent time, as an unknown time, as a time of darkness, a time of what the heck is going on in our world. And at the time of all that, God was at work bringing about something significant. And so it had, but it had a profound impact on the Jewish people. Because now inside the nation of Israel, we had Roman culture, we had Greek culture and Hebrew culture all mixed together. And the, and the, the Jews and the other religions were becoming dissatisfied with religion because it was a mess. And the pagans that were there were starting to question, all, we've got all these different gods and none of them are making a difference. And so, uh, and so the Romans and the Greeks were starting to try to interpret Hebrew scriptures with their Greek and their Roman mythology. It was all getting all mushed together. Everyone say mushed together. Mushed together. It's in the Bible, mushed. Uh, that's the Hebrew way to say it. Um, so it was a difficult time. The Jews, however, there's always this, this group of people in, in Israel that were so desperate for to hold on to their religion, to hold on to their faith, to, to hang on to the promise that, that a Messiah is coming, but they've been waiting so long. And now over this 400 years, not, nothing was spoken, nothing was heard, things were going from bad to worse. Here the Jews found themselves again, conquered, oppressed, and worn out. Hope. They were trying to find hope in a troubled world, but it was running low. Their faith was even lower. They were looking, they were hoping, they were believing, they were hanging on, they were waiting for the Messiah. But in their thinking, that hope never came. And as I was, as I was getting ready to, for this weekend, I felt the Lord saying, this is much like the world we live in today. I, I know things are difficult. I know things don't make sense. And Jenny touched on that. In, in this world we live in today, there is religious tension. There is political tension. There's tension at work and tension at home. And the psalmist tells us that, that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And everywhere I look, I see a world that is getting hope deferred. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing sickness in heart. People that are just weary and tired, and here we go again. And a world whose faith isn't anchored in heaven. A world that is struggling to make sense of this dark, chaotic, troubled time. That's what I see. You, you may not see that, but I'm sure, you, I'm sure you do. If you don't, you can come and preach this message. But there's hope. Let me tell you, there is some great hope in this story. And so um, our world is desperately looking for a solution to bring freedom, to bring deliverance, and to bring, to bring salvation. The Jews, they needed that. And they looked for the Messiah to bring peace. Our world, it looks to science, it looks to knowledge, it looks to government, it looks to technology. 
And whilst those things are such a blessing in so many ways, they are insufficient for what humanity really needs. See, those things cannot bring lasting hope. Those things cannot bring lasting freedom. Those things cannot bring lasting peace or lasting joy. And I believe the source of the hope that humanity needs is the same source of the hope that Israel needed. A hope that can only come from heaven. A hope that needs to come from outside our world, enter our world, enter our mess, enter our chaos, enter our brokenness, and enter our pain. And that's the message of Christmas. For 400 years, the Jews would pray and wait and hope. For 400 years, things weren't looking very good. For 400 years, they were feeling helpless and hopeless. For 400 years, they were waiting and thinking, has God forgotten me? Has God forgotten us? Has God forgotten his promises? But let me tell you, God was working in the silence. God was, God was working in the darkness. God was working in winter. And I believe God is working through whatever season you may find yourself in today. In fact, my Jesus tells us that my Father never stops working. God's not going to have a Christmas break. He's not going to say, okay, I'm going to shut the office and, uh, and the, all the prayer requests are going to go to the answering machine. Uh, in, in our case, that's not going to happen either. Our Dave and Jonah are available. We're available till uh, New Year. And so uh, if you have any needs, please reach out to us. Email us, contact us, phone us. We will be there. God, 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 God's there too. But just you know, practically we're around as well. Um, but God doesn't take a break. God is always at work. You might be thinking, oh, I can't see it. Let me tell you, he's always at work. And you may not be able to see it. And you may not be able to hear him. He always works in the seasons. For the Jews, the stage was set. The cast was in place. For the Jews, the time of waiting was over. The season was about to shift. For the Jews, winter was about to end. Light was about to shine into their darkness. After 400 years, God was about to speak. And the first time heaven opened its mouth was an angel talking to an old priest. His name was Zechariah. In Luke chapter 1, we read this. When Herod, was the king of, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and to burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. Do you know what they were praying? They were praying, come Messiah. While the priest was doing his priestly thing, the, the crowds of Israel are praying and desperately praying because the world they lived in was in desperate need of hope and, a, and miracle and deliverance and freedom and joy 
and peace. So, so the nation had been waiting 400 years. They've been praying this. Will this ever come to pass? It just so happened Zechariah was in the temple that day. And the crowd was praying that the Messiah would come. While he was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or any other alcoholic drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man of the, with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Heaven spoke after 400 years. John and his telling of the, of the Christmas, John tells the Christmas story in a very different way than the other gospel writers. John says a bit of it this way. In John chapter 1 verse 6, John says, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light, but he was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is a true light and gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Now for those of you that have ever waited for a baby to come, and Joe, how much longer you guys got? I mean, not you, because the guys have got nothing to do with it. How much longer has Laura got? Halfway. Halfway? You don't know, do you? <laughs> Those who've had kids, you know the anticipation that occurs. You know the excitement, you know the thrill of hope when you're waiting for, for whether it's your first or your second or your third or your fourth. I'm trying to touch them all now. You, you, you've got the same level of anticipation and excitement, even though when one and two were late, we know the anticipation when, it, when the announcement is made about a baby. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine the excitement and the anticipation in heaven when God's Son was announced? Can you imagine the excitement and anticipation in heaven when the big reveal was about to come? It started off with the angel, Gabriel, visiting Zechariah and Elizabeth, and little bouncing baby John. Not long after that, Gabriel would visit Mary, then Joseph. And the thing the angel says to all three of them, to Zechariah, to Mary, and to Joseph, he says, fear not. He says, don't be afraid. Now, there's some practical reasons that he said that. Number one, they would have been freaked out. <laughs> I mean, they just saw an angel. Anyone, I mean, I'm going to ask for a show of hands, but, you know, that would freak me out if I wasn't expecting to see, you know, I get scared just when the kids are walking in the hallway at night and they, they bump into me, you know, so, or a, alone a spider. So, um, it doesn't take much to, to freak me out. But an angel, that would, and so I think part of the fear, not well, okay, wasn't just because of an angel. And I don't think, I think it was more than just the fact that this is the first sound from heaven for 400 years. I think perhaps the angel told them not to be afraid 
Because God saw their context. God saw their situation. God understood their fears, their frustrations, their concerns, and their disappointments. And from God's point of view, there is no reason to fear. And, and, and as I look at our world, in some ways, there's plenty of reasons to fear. But not with Jesus. For those without an anchor in heaven, without an understanding of the Prince of Peace, that came for under us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall rest upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Prince of Peace. For us as Christians, we don't have to fear whatever's going around us. For Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth and Zechariah, thank you. Um, they don't need to fear. Why? Because the Messiah was about to come. Because the Prince of Peace was about to enter into their confusion and into their mess. And that's my message for today. Especially as we head around, we're going to do communion in just a moment and I'll explain how this is going to work for those of you at home. Um, but the reality is Christmas and Easter are meaningless without each other. The cradle and the cross cannot be separated. His birth brings hope. His death brings life. And his resurrection shows me that God has a plan even in dark, difficult, cold seasons. Even when we can't see it, even when we don't understand what's happening, try to picture yourself as a disciple in that period between the cross and the resurrection. Defeated, discouraged, disappointed. What is happening in their world? His resurrection reminds me that God has a plan that's bigger than my situation. And in a minute, we're going to, we're going, in a minute, we're going to close this, the service. We're going to put a link right now into the Facebook um, uh, chat. And we're going to, uh, in a minute, not right now, the link will go in. Uh, in a minute, we're going to say goodbye to you guys. And uh, if you haven't already prepared already, you, there's no rush at this point. You're in control of what you do at your home. And I'd really encourage you, don't just switch off here. Continue the rest of the service. We're going, to watch a, we're going to watch a video here. That link is going to take you to the video uh, at your And um, if you haven't already, go and get yourself a, it doesn't really matter, some bread or some juice or a cracker or Coke and Mars bars. That also works if you have to. We couldn't get Coke and Mars bars for today. Sorry. Um, we'll just go for cracker and juice. Is that all right? Um, but at home, you can do whatever you like, an espresso and um, a donut. That also works as well. Um, Anyway, so take some time to, to listen and watch the video that will be played. And when you're ready at home, just partake in the, in the juice and the cracker or whatever you have at home. And when you're ready, thank Jesus that he came into your mess. That he comes into our chaos, into our brokenness into our fears and he comes the prince of peace comes and and when you're ready at home and here as well you'll do, you'll do a very similar thing uh, just partake of those elements and thank jesus i want you to remember uh, that he 
No matter how dark your season is, he is the light that came into the world. He can bring light into that situation. I want you to remember that, that he is speaking and working in your silence. In the darkness, in the silence, in the hard times, in the, in the winter, that he is at work. He's at work in your mess, even though it may not look like it. And he's at work in every season. And sometimes, just sometimes, the seeds that are being sown in winter. And I think this is where our, our, our nation and our, our people and our church and the nation of Israel were at. The seeds that were sown in winter need time to spring to life. And we could just wish that this, this, this seed would just, just sprout to life and winter would be gone. And, but sometimes, that's what I've found is often, that that seed takes time to germinate, to do all the other stuff seeds do, but to bring life. And I want to encourage you, no matter how dark and how cold and how uncomfortable, how troubled your time may be, that your winter is about to come to an end. Christmas reminds us of that. And I'll tell you something, I'll tell you the same thing that the angel told you. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid.